And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jacob Ben, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. What's up, Ben? Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing incredibly well. I've been signed by the Los Angeles Rams to play emergency safety for the playoffs. You too? So I'm going to be, me and Weddle are heading over there. So I've got to do the show, and then right after the show, I'm going to play for the Los Angeles Rams for the playoffs. You excited? Oh, I think Weddle's going to get most of the reps. I, I th- They always do. That's all politics. I think you might get hurt. I'm, I'm, big a little, I'm a little concerned. He's older than I am. He's 37. I'm 35. If Weddle's back in the NFL, I think I could do it. Mm. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's maybe the greatest college football player to walk through this state in the last 30 years. But I'm not bad. Mm. Got I instincts. Mean, you're an athlete in your own right, I've Ben. i played but... a lot of Madden 06, 07. I, we were talking about this. Uh, I don't know how much Eric's going to play. I wouldn't expect... A ton out of him. I mean, I think he was still a good player. Last he played in the league a couple of years ago, but yeah. it, it was becoming apparent he wasn't the the player he was sure. before. So I don't know how much I'd expect out of him. But if you're going to give somebody a free contract, might as well be a good dude like Eric Weddle. Someone you love. Yeah. My fan favorite. And someone who's not going to blow it, blow it. Come in and be positive vibes in the locker room. Happy to be there. I mean, you know, we uh, Hans and Scotty talked to Eric uh, all of last football season, and you know, we knew this. Uh, and if you've heard Eric speak or do his interviews or interact with him, he's just a he's one of those glasses half full yep, kind of guys absolutely. who's got a just a great vibe about him. And uh, so, you know, not a surprise that they would go say, "Hey, come on back, suit it up." If Steps he, in, you know, he's pretty ready to go day one. Very good locker room guy. Going to be excited to be back. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Happy for Eric. You can't be, you know, locker room poison uh, like me, Ben, and get those kind of. I think that's why I got the job and you didn't. (laughs) That's why I'm playing special teams for the Los Angeles Rams for their upcoming playoff run, and you, sir, are sitting here. Are trapped in Salt Lake City. Trapped. Love it here. Even when it's cold. We're extremely lucky. (laughs) Salt Lake's awesome. Even when it's in the degree, what, in the 20s? I put that out on Twitter last night because I was just in feeling my city. I was enjoying my city. I don't own it. I own South Salt Lake. I don't own Salt Lake City, but I consider myself the most famous resident and the most important resident of South Salt Lake. But I did ask people on Twitter, what's your your go-to comfort meal in Salt Lake City? Because I had one of my favorites. I just went and got a sandwich last night, one of my favorite foods. And I was thinking to myself, I don't have a very developed like go-to meal for every different type of meal there are. Some people have like, this is my go-to pizza slice, my go-to sandwich, my go-to soup place, whatever, my go-to Chinese food, whatever, Mexican, whatever you're looking for. I don't have one for every restaurant around town the way some people do. And I figure at my age now, as we're slowly creeping out of this pandemic, hopefully all these small businesses have survived and we can go back and visit them again. And I was wondering what people's favorite meals were, which if the thread's still going, if you want to tweet at me what's your favorite like go-to Having a hard day or having a great day, and I want to celebrate with this meal. What do you get? Was there a common answer? Crown burger is very popular in Salt Lake, and it's hard to argue as far as like comfort food. Getting yourself a crown burger is a plus. 
my uh, my old man loved Crown Burger, so I grew up with the Crown Burger. And I bet a lot of people are in that same boat. But you know what? A lot of people love uh, hires too. Uh, similar, yes. Yeah, yeah. My my wife. Well, my wife's funny. Like uh, she certainly is a, a hires person. But uh, ev- she has four siblings, and each of them worked at Crown Burger at some point oh, in their that's adolescence. Funny. I grew up the Crown Burger people. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Well, with the high the family with the with, the, with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Crown with Angie Katz and Navis. They're uh, they're the the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. Throwing pastrami on a burger was a pretty brilliant. Was a pretty brilliant. Idea. Oh, food's great. Food's <laughs> so awesome. Good. Not just to eat, but the no. cultural part of it's very cool. And the so. buildings themselves are super cool. Yeah, great. All right, a staple. I certainly am that person who has a go-to for most genres. Do you have a favorite meal in the state of Utah? That I would put. Well, I'll tell you what. Like you either have the worst the, day of your life and you need to feel better, or you know things are good and you're not going to risk it. You know you're going to pile on, making it even better. The first thing that comes to mind makes me sad because it's gone. But the the corned beef and hash at Blue Plate yep, Diner. That was a famous Incredible. thing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Megan, do you have a go to meal? Do you have like a a favorite? I'm going out. I've got. 15 to $150. I don't know how expensive your tastes are, so if you're going to go get a meal, what are you getting to make <laughs> yourself like feel the, better? Well, the caviar. The caviar. <laughs> yeah, right. I like to stop into Caputo's. And <laughs> Man, that's a tough one. We're foodies in our family. Think about it. Well, you think about it and you get back to us. We'll okay. get back before the end of the segment. Honestly, oh. like soup kitchen with the tomato soup and a grilled cheese is as good a meal as you can find. Bet Megan would go with any of the fine products made by the Colosimo family. That is true, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you can tweet at us. And you know what? Go get yourself a great meal today. Enjoy your day. Give yourself permission. Beautiful Wednesday. Go do it. Before the jazz game tonight, get yourself a little meal. Cleveland's in town. Cleveland's in town. Which I find uh, to be a very interesting opponent. And let's, let's, in fact, dive into the jazz. We're hoping to have some shoot-around sound for you on the, on the show today. So, uh, so certainly stay tuned for that. Confirmed, we are going to have shoot-around sound for you. So stay tuned. The great Jeremiah Jensen will be on the show at the top of the 11 o'clock hour of Channel 5 KSL fame. Jeremiah Jensen. Yeah, that one. The best in the biz. Who I wonder if he's bummed he's not. Because he and Sam seem to rotate on the Olympic coverage. Oh, right? I promise you, Jared's not bummed. He's not going to China for the Olympics right now. I guess it's Japan. No, it's, it's Japan. China. China. Jeremiah Last got one was Japan. Japan. Sorry, I'm all mixed up. See, right Jeremiah now. got Japan in the middle of the pandemic where they were restricted. Extremely restricted. Pandemic still going on now in China where it's going to be restricted well, for and other reasons. Barely, and they're just barely getting Omicron now. Like so. they're just barely getting it. So it's going to be spreading 25 days from now when the Olympics start, 23 oh. days. It's going to be hitting. It's gonna be it's gonna be an event. Here's the thing, Sam uh, Farnsworth is also strikes me as a glasses half full kind of guy. Oh, Sam's very much glass half full, so, and I'm gonna say it, knowing him personally. No offense, not trying to reveal anything. More so than Jeremiah. Okay, more so than all right. Jeremiah. No, I could buy that. Yeah, I could buy that. So I'm hoping Sam turns into the spin. You know how how oh, often absolutely. you get to cover an Olympics in a foreign country? Oh, how often so, you, you get know to go what? to China? Right, and in the next. Couple decades, it True. might be impossible to go to China. He might only see a very small part of it because <laughs> I'm sure they're they're very restricted to where they can and cannot go. But it'll be some fun stories. Nathan Chen locally get to go and compete, and Sean White doing his last Olympics, and it'll be fun. It'll be fun. No, it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, and and good for him. It, it's just probably 
not what he envisioned, maybe. But I bet, a, you know, like we said, glass half full kind of guy, I bet it'll be a unique experience. But I usually I'm jealous of somebody going to cover the Olympics. I don't know if that's the case this time. This is going to be tough. Japan was tough. This is going to be tough yeah. also. Uh, similar experience. All right, let's talk about the Jazz. I'm, I'm very excited that uh, Cleveland's in town tonight because I find them uh, an extremely interesting opponent. I just don't know what kind of Jazz team... Or I guess what kind of what to expect from the Jazz tonight, Ben? Uh, well, there's going to be a new face for the Jazz. Zylan Cheatham is the latest name that uh, is going to be joining the Utah Jazz on a 10-day contract on one of these hardship deals. At least that's the report, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Denzel Valentine. I'm not sure if we got his conversation. Denzel actually talked to the media as well. It doesn't sound like we got that. Maybe we can play it later in the show. But he also talked to the media today. He might get some run. I think the fact that the Jazz continue to sign... Guys like Zylan Cheatham, who's a small forward, they recognize there's going to be some depth issues that continue on this team, and they want to audition some of these bodies to uh, to see if there's a long-term bid or even you know somebody who can just come in and help in the, the immediate short term. So we'll see if uh, Cheatham or, or Valentine plays tonight. But regardless, I'm with you. I think uh, Cleveland's been one of the best stories in the NBA this season, and that's, that's a fun thing. If you look at maybe Memphis in the West and won a terrific game last night over the Golden State Warriors and actually jumped the Jazz for the third seed in the Western Conference, and then you look at a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East, those have been two of the really most enjoyable teams to watch this year. I love uh, Darius Garland. Yep. He's... he's one of the most fun young players to watch in the league. And we were talking about this, and maybe this is the way that we parlay uh, the conversation into Donovan Mitchell, because it's, uh, it's a story that's been out there for a couple of days. You and I haven't really talked about it. Quinn Snyder was asked about it. When was that? Was it before Monday's game? Might have been before Monday's game. It was a little awkward. <laughs> uh, it always is when you ask a coach that question. Cause what, what, Especially right before a game. What's he going to say? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, what uh, Brian Windhorst and Tim McMahon were on a podcast, and they were talking about Donovan Mitchell and how it's the buzz around the league. And I want to put this in perspective because it's not like a, a report. No. It's, it was a podcast, it was a conversation, and it was about a rumor in, in a sense. But there are also two... Uh, guys who cover the NBA and are pretty dialed in. Talking to other general managers. And Tim McMahon knows those guys, and Wendy yep. knows those guys, and... Wendy? Windhorst. I call him Wendy. Do you? <laughs> Is that a thing? No, but he's a little big market. He's a little biased towards big markets. I mean, he's, he does a good job. Oh, Don't no. get me wrong. He's, he's, and he's, he's a LeBron guy. He's biased to, to one camp yes. and one camp alone. Yes. And... But there is kind of always this belief that like these smaller markets can't do it. And I don't actually don't think Tim McMahon feels that way. I think Tim's really great at his job, in all honesty. We see him a lot around here, but he's very good covering the Jazz and some of the Midwest that he does. But, yes, what Tim McMahon had said, essentially, was that there is belief in some front offices around the league that Donovan Mitchell may want to play for a bigger market at some point in his career. Now, he didn't say... People think Donovan Mitchell feels that way. He didn't say the Jazz are afraid of that. He said there are people around the league who may believe that. Which, Jake, you and I are guilty of that because if we talk about John Morant right now, where would you think John Morant is five years from now? Is he in Memphis? Nope. Okay. And that's just our belief based on knowledge of how the NBA has traditionally worked. Guys don't usually stay in small markets for their whole careers. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. Portland's not a huge market. They've had Dame forever. You know, we, we see guys that do that are willing to stick around. Mike Conley was nearly an all-star, probably should have been and would have been in a bigger market, but chose to stay in Memphis his whole career. There are ways to keep those guys around, and the CBA allows you to keep those guys around. 
But just kind of the natural perspective from everybody. We're guilty of it. Jazz fans are guilty of it. If you look at other small market teams, you don't think they're superstars. You're going to stay there the same way somebody would look at the Jazz and feel the same way with Donovan Mitchell. I I would believe that there's buzz around it. I mean, I, I certainly would because, well, let's let's go back a little bit. Michael Jordan did a great gift for the game of basketball, and it also had some side ramifications. Okay. Of course, he made the modern professional athlete a marketing machine. I mean, he wasn't the first to do it, but he was certainly the best. And he's still doing it. It's amazing. I mean, he owns his own company. He deserves a tremendous amount of credit. Like, the business impact that Michael Jordan has had on sports, I mean, every every professional athlete should be paying him royalties because he changed he changed how he made money. I mean, he changed, he changed branding. He changed your it all. salary. Your the majority of your salary doesn't have to come from your he, team salary. He changed priorities, and now all of a sudden, it's not about your salary anymore. So it's not about Carl Malone and Larry Miller sitting in a room, Correct. and hammering out Carl's value. You know, that's that's not it anymore. Plus, the new the collective bargaining agreement and the salary cap, the way it changed in the nineties, they limit how much money you can make anyway. So. All of a sudden, these players have a different revenue stream that can be significantly impacted by where you play basketball, and that's a fact. And there's nothing really that small markets or most any markets can do about it. I've got a buddy, Ben, who uh, came out of college, wanted to be a professional photographer. Guess where he lives? L.A. Because guess what his options were? L.A. or New York? Yeah. That was it. Right. If you want to feed yourself oh, in you, this industry. My brother. Yeah, the filmmaker. Brother. He could go to USC or he could go to NYU, and that's it. And you're going to be live in Los Angeles or you're going to live in New York, but that, those are your options. That's it. Yep. And there's nothing really that changes that. And, uh, and also, there aren't that many markets out there like that. I don't think Miami is that type of market, but it is in a weird way because there's the glam and and it also has the lifestyle. So there's some different reasons that, that Miami becomes a, a, a destination. But Kawhi Leonard, why did he leave yeah. San Antonio? Because he didn't feel like he was getting the attention right. and thus the, the love and the money that he deserved. He was the best player on a championship team, and Tim Duncan still got all the credit. He couldn't even get a, a, a shoe deal for Correct. himself. Right. I mean, it's, it's so he felt he blamed it on the market. Right. And I don't know if that's entirely to blame because he's not really the most marketable player in the world, especially because he's the uh, the face of not playing. But nobody cares if you're on a billboard in San Antonio, and it matters if you're on a billboard in Los Angeles, right outside Crypto Arena, right. formerly Staples Center. And because the other guy that's out there is Kobe, you know, <laughs> like that's how important you are. You get your statue outside of outside of Staples Crypto Arena now. You're next to Shaq, Magic. Kareem, like if you get your if you get your statue out there, it really means something. No offense, I don't even know what the San Antonio Spurs stadium is called or arena is called. And if you get a statue outside of it, nobody's ever going to see it. There is some legacy so, that is built up there. And I'm I'm not one of those media members that pretends to know Donovan Mitchell because I certainly don't. But things we do know about him. He was basically brought up to be a professional athlete. I mean, his dad yeah. works for the Mets. I mean, the way he entered the league was so much charisma. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. Correct. And the fact that he's with Adidas to begins with to begin with shows you that that's important to him. He's already got his own shoe. If he were with Nike, he wouldn't. So John Stockton, legitimately, that stuff did not matter to him. 
at all. Right. I think he did what? Anonymity was better for John than anything else. He didn't want the attention. It didn't bug him that Salt Lake never got attention. I think it kind of bugged Carl, but I also think that Carl was smart enough to realize he couldn't have been Carl in in a different market. Correct. But it matters, unfortunately. And it does matter to Donovan Mitchell. And maybe people out there are saying, well, he can have it all and play in a small market. He really can't. So he's got to be happy here for different reasons. Now, and that's not Dragon Salt Lake, because you can say the same thing about Darius Garland in Cleveland, John Morant in Memphis, Zion Williamson in, in New Orleans. Anybody who ends up playing for this person, I mean, you can say about all, uh, it all. Now, let me say this, because I don't know how accurate these reports are, or if there's any grounding in how Donovan Mitchell actually feels about the state of Utah, or playing in Salt Lake City, or playing for the Jazz. Again, this is just the report that some people around the league may feel like Donovan Mitchell won't be in Utah long-term, which is understandable why you would think that. In fact, it's foolish now to think anyone is going to play for the team they're drafted by throughout their whole career. That's going to happen far less often than it ever has happened before, just in general. I will say this, though, to favor teams like the Jazz, and in a landscape that's still very rapidly evolving in the NBA, we are seeing more small teams and one-off championship contenders, and whether that's the CBA, whether that's because of the mass amount of talent that's in the NBA, how hard it is to hold on to guys because guys are signing short-term contracts and moving around in free agency more, there are more opportunities, probably now than ever before, to win a title in Utah than there were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago, etc. And if you can win a championship in Utah easier now than you could in the past, maybe it's easier to hold on to your superstars like Donovan Mitchell that you could not in the past. Look at Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee, who has won a title, questioned whether he should leave. There was a lot of belief that they should have traded him two years ago. They didn't. He re-signed. He signed that huge deal. And the next year they won a title. Maybe that is the type of... I mean, that's what you're hoping for if you're a Jazz fan. And McMahon even said that in the conversation. There are things that are going to matter to Donovan Mitchell as well, like winning a title, which does also increase the urgency for the Jazz over the next 28 days, four weeks from today when the trade deadline is here, to make sure that this team is as good as possible to eliminate the doubt, to eliminate the questions of, hey, were you hot or were you not going into the playoffs? And is that why you got eliminated or won a championship? You need to put yourself in the best spot possible because, honestly, in the next 24 months, if things don't work out easily, you could have players asking to get traded. Can I throw out a, uh, a theory at you? And you're, you're smarter than me, so, so tell me if this is... Let's hear it. All right. Small markets would be better off without a salary cap. I've told you my theory on this, but okay, keep talking. The only advantage to retaining free agents or even enticing them to come here in the first place is to pay them more money. Right. That's the great Correct. equalizer. And the salary cap doesn't really allow you. It, it evens the playing field in the sense which you think it's good. Right. But if if you had to pick between living in Minneapolis and living in Miami right. for the same salary guaranteed or whatever, all of a sudden, all these other things are going to start mattering, like lifestyle and taxes and all this sure, stuff. Sure. But when Minneapolis can say, well, we're going to offer you double what they're going to offer you, right. you get over that stuff really quick. Right. And so the salary cap limits what you can offer other players. It also protects big market franchises from themselves. Because they can only spend so much as, I mean, we've seen some of the horrible contracts that uh, the Lakers have thrown around with a salary cap restriction. Can you imagine what they'd be throwing around if they didn't 
if they didn't have right, such restriction. Right. Or the Knicks, way better example. You know, we've seen what they've done with those restrictions. Imagine, imagine their payroll and how bloated with players who aren't worth it it would actually be. Some of this is biased because we just look at these major cities and the players that are playing there and we say, like, oh, that guy's a star. The way right now people in Los Angeles think Malik Monk is a star where when he was in Charlotte, nobody cared about him. But they're like, look at how good this guy is. He's like, he's literally the exact same player he was in Charlotte. And I would not call him a star. But there is like this weird Laker thing of being like, whoa. I mean, we know who Contavious Caldwell Pope is. We know who uh, Kyle Kuzma is because they played with the Lakers. And I'll continue this point coming up a little bit. But still, to your point, the teams on the coast in the major cities, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, both the Clippers and the Lakers, still have, and you can even say Miami if you want to include that, the majority of the major stars in the NBA, an unfair share of top 10 talents in the league. Most of those guys are still playing in those major cities, despite the fact that the salary cap is designed to disperse that talent. They are still choosing that because when you even out the money across every team, they are going to go to their favorite cities, and those are Los Angeles and New York or Brooklyn. Or cities that provide them more revenue from their branding. Yep. I mean, yeah, again, I don't know if it's actually worked out better for Kawhi, but he certainly is worth more in Los yeah, Angeles think, than he was in San Antonio. I don't think it guarantees those teams championships. That is what the CBA does. It doesn't stop the stars from going there, though. But we've seen the Yankees operated bloated for years. Correct. And yes, they've won championships, but have they won Not recently. an unfair yeah. amount? Yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great, great point. I mean, you still have to be managed well. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we can continue this uh, coming up, Jake and Ben. Uh, but joining us now out to the zone phone we go from Premier Wave Medical. He's our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson. What's going on, doctor? Hey, gentlemen. How you doing today? Hey, we're doing, uh, we're, we're doing great. We're talking a little basketball. We're talking about how when you run an NBA team, you've got to do it better uh, than the other guy. And uh, that's something you guys pride yourselves on, right? You've got uh, technology out there that makes you unique. Yeah, so, you know... 2022 started off with a bang and um, I'm actually at home in COVID protocol because my son tested positive among 200 students in Skyline yesterday. Oh no. Yeah. So, so I'm here just, you know, not much to do with, you know, but that's the nice thing is I'm home with my wife. So you can expect things to happen, but if you can't do it, if you're not able to do it, then those things don't happen. If you know what I'm saying. So, why not start off the new year right getting, you know, your erectile dysfunction treated because it is a medical condition and you want to go to a place that treats it as such. So we have lots of different uh, treatments for it, not just the low intensive shockwave therapy. You know, we sometimes you need an injection, sometimes you need some medicine. Usually we use a combination therapy because we want you to get the best result. But the nice thing is, is if you do go to a place that has low intensive shockwave therapy, you should come to us because we have the best equipment on the market where we have the only treatment, the only um, machine that was actually developed specifically for erectile dysfunction and is FDA approved. So you hear about a lot of the studies, how these things are effective. Well, ours are twice as effective as anything else on the market, proven by studies, 10 years, you know, getting it through the FDA. And we just feel like there's no point in putting off what needs to be done now. So we're having some great specials. In fact, we have an awesome special for Valentine's Day. Because we also treat men, uh, women's vaginal rejuvenation. So if you come in and get a couple's package, we'll give you $1,000 off the packages. Plus, we will give you a one-night stay in, like, an anniversary inn or some other nice 
hotel so you can test out the results. So now's the time to come and get it done. All right. The couples package. Take advantage of it. 385-360-WAVE. 385-360-9283. They have a beautiful office, 2505 East, 3300 South. Or, of course, go online, premierwave.com. That's premierwave.com. Dr. Johnson, thank you. Yeah, you guys have a nice day. Take care. I'll talk to you later. See you, buddy. Uh, that's our friend Dr. Johnson from Premier Wave Medical, premierwave.com. You like the caveman room, don't you, Ben? Isn't that? The drive-in. It's the one that has like the big truck in it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Belt, belt. So Jazz at 30 update, Mike Conley talking about some of the new guys that Jazz have signed to these 10-day hardship deals and how they're fitting in and working with the team. Every team is going through that right now. So like I said, it's not an excuse on our end. I think in games where you do have guys in the lineup that haven't been in for a while, it's more evident that you have to just play harder. You have to do things a little bit tighter. You know, everything has to be a little bit more crisp and you really have to communicate in those situations. And to help those new guys, we all have to try to keep them in the knit as much as we can. That's your Utah Jazz at 30 update. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with five-star experience at Five Star Painting. They've got the time, the skills, and the tools. Fivestarpainting.com. That's fivestarpainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! Best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and... 1280 The Zone. All right, Megan. Did you get your meal? We've been talking about your go-to comfort meal. I'm telling people to go out and spend money. I'm stimulating the local economy. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm saying go find your lo- your favorite local meal. Got to take out. Go eat however you want to. What's your what's your go-to comfort meal in the state of Utah? We do um, Fratelli's. Okay. They're locally owned. It's yeah. Italian food. Yeah. It's really good. What's your favorite? Like, do you just go with spaghetti? You go with a calzone? Chicken Alfredo. Okay. Sounds good. See, give me the carbs. Dude, sounds good. I uh, not to be not to be this guy. I know the owner of Fratelli's really well. He's yeah, good. they're great people. You know the owners of a lot of things, Jake. You're a man of the people. I admire that about you. No, this is just a random connection. This I told you I to know my favorite me. fish taco place, and you're like, yeah, I know the owner. I guess you know people. I guess I do. Yeah. You may not think it, but you've no, acquired but they're, they're, people in they're your life. They're just random. Like that. That one's in my fantasy football league somehow. Yeah, that's how it works. You know people. You're a man of the people. I'm not in any fantasy football leagues, so I don't know anybody. Yeah. But that is that is how it works, Jake. Still owe some uh, Skittles Fish for, for taking the L in the old fantasy football this year. Somebody else had to uh, draft my team, and I think I won one game. It was rough. Yeah. So just donated that money. Uh, Candy this year. Fish tacos. <laughs> all right. Uh, should we get to Joe? By the way, this is not free advertising for anybody. I'm sorry. I know there's payola no, laws a, all over the place. That's just this is on a my fun, mind. No, this is just, just talking great meals. Fun radio topic. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. 
I mean, uh, you know, I, I would throw JCWs into that yeah. category. Incredible. And they're a fine partner of the station. Great. Oh, man, you're heading out south? Oh, their bacon ranch burger is the best thing ever. Their fries Here's are really good, a shake. Too. Uh-huh. See? Over the top. Life's good. Yeah. All right. Should we get to Joe Ingles? Do you want to? Yeah. Let's hear from Joe. Here's a uh, shoot around sound from Joe Ingles. I think we're in Denver. Um, the day off in Denver or whatever it was, the day, obviously, yeah, the day before the game. Um, and just obviously out of safety and, again, for, for my family and stuff like that, I just wanted to kind of check and see where I was at. And obviously, I was positive. Um, so spent a few days in Denver or a couple of days in Denver and then was able to get out of there. And, um, obviously after I tested positive too, I got my whole family tested and, and everyone was, was positive at the time. So, um, actually got to spend the last however many days of it with, with my family, uh, which was, which was nice. Um, in terms of myself, uh, I've been, I have felt fine the whole time. I've had no symptoms. Um, obviously I got, like I said, I got tested in Denver, not because of symptoms, because of, um, people close to me. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of obviously glad I did get tested at the time because I would have been around the guys longer. Cause I, like I said, I had, I had no symptoms or anything like that. So, um, have been feeling good was obviously, like I said, able to get home and, um, a lot more comfortable being at home than in a, in a hotel room in Denver and have a gym at home. And, and then obviously the last few days been able to come in here and, and get back to, to basketball stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm feeling good. Sarah Todd. Joe, how, how did you, uh, how did you get back to Utah from Denver? Um, I don't know what the thing's called, but like one of the medical, um, airplanes or whatever they're called. Um, Myself and and Rudy flew together. Obviously, with him being him being positive at the same time in the same hotel and all that. So we, I don't know what day or whatever it was, a few days ago now. Um, but yeah, on the I don't even know what they're called, a medical plane or something like that. A special, very small. There was only us and the paramedics in there, and and obviously the pilots. Um, nice, uh, nice quick flight. Andy. What was just that like? I mean, thinking back to March 2020 when, you know, the whole world goes crazy and then you're kind of, you were kind of the first guy on the jazz in recent days, I guess, but. Oh, I mean, don't start that as your headline. You're going to put that as your headline too, aren't you? <laughs> so, I mean, I, did you feel like, Hey, I was a guy who kind of broke the, 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 I don't know, whatever it was that prevented the jazz. No, from getting no you're uh, you're reaching for something with that. Um, <laughs> no, there's, no, I mean, I had said the, the whole time, and I've, I think I've been pretty consistent with obviously my family is the, the ones I want to protect first and, and obviously my teammates because I'm around them kind of just as much as my family, but with my, my, obviously with my children and stuff like that. And I'd, um, I've always said if I've ever felt symptoms or um, obviously a close contact or whatever that process looks like where they, they want me to get tested, I'm, I'm going to get tested. Or if I feel like, I needed to get tested for someone close to me or symptoms or whatever it was. I would always do that obviously in protection of, of my, my children first, my family, um, Renee and, and the kids. So, um, there was never a thought of like, Oh, should I not do this because I could be the first one in our team this year? Um, that was never like it. I, you speaking to me now is the first time I've even thought about that. Um, Again, like I said, for, for me, it was always 
obviously we're here every day. And if I'm a close contact, there's always a chance of that with the, the, the positives in the league with whatever 300 odd players being positive and um, staff members, like whatever it looks like. And um, yeah, I'm not a, I, I was never going to be afraid or embarrassed to say that I had tested positive or um, whatever that looked like. It was obviously about protecting in Denver, especially protecting my team. I didn't want to go out there and play and be around the guys for another day. If um, it, obviously if I was going to be positive and um I'm glad I did. Like, who knows? If I'd never got tested, I mean, I would have got tested before uh, Canada regardless, so I probably would have found out then, but that was another two days of being around the team. So, um, yeah, it was just obviously, like I said, it was all about making sure, obviously, I was protecting my team at the time in Denver and then obviously my my family heading back, but we were all positive anyway, so we got to quarantine together. <laughs> all right. Do we have any follow-ups or you guys just have your hands up still? Are we good? I've got one follow-up, if I could. Um, Joe, there obviously was... I'm here all day. I've missed you guys. We've, we've missed you, too. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot. There was obviously a lot written about you guys being the last team in the league to have someone go through the protocols, and now you're in that position where like it's you know spread pretty quickly and then and, and there's a lot of guys out. What's kind of the vibe among the team just now that like it seems on one hand that it's like kind of dying out throughout the rest of the league. And now you guys are like kind of experiencing it all at once. Um, yeah, we hadn't obviously talked about it too much. I think the the main conversations was obviously doing everything we could. Um, I mean, not just now, but throughout the last couple of years to, to be as safe and, and obviously protected as possible, whether that be vaccines and boosters and masking and not going and big crowd, like you try and do as much as you can, um, in everyday life. And um, obviously this year you see the teams and more and more players were getting positive and we'd obviously done a, a pretty good job within our group to, to keep it as contained as possible. Um, obviously, like Andy stated, Joe Ingles was the first player in the Utah Jazz. Um, you can put that as your headline if it, if it gets you more clicks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just like – it almost like was inevitable. I feel like at some point, like we're, we were going to go through it at some point, whether it be one or two players or five or six, like whatever it looks like. Um, obviously this variant and, and whatever is spreading pretty quickly throughout the world, not just like uh, people in Australia right now, like we had 51,000 cases yesterday in Melbourne. Like it's, it's gone um, spreading pretty quickly. So um, obviously you, we do your best. We do our best to, to do that. But my kid, my kids are at school. Like there's things that you, I'm not going to stop my kids going to school to, to homeschool or whatever, to, to limit that risk. Like my five-year-old kids need to go to school. Jacob needs to go to therapy. Um, I was willing to, to obviously risk that, that way of, of getting it or whatever, if that was going to be the case, because I'm not going to, I wasn't going to pull my, my children out of school. So they wear masks, they do everything. The kids, my kids are really good at doing whatever they can as well. But um, it almost kind of feels inevitable. Like it was going to happen at some point. It was just how, I guess, contained we could keep it within one or two players or, 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 or obviously it's spread it a little bit more now, but um, yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. We will deal with it. The, it's kind of that next man up mentality within the team. Obviously we sign 10 day guys. You bring you like, I only met half the guys to half the guys an hour ago. So um kind of next man up you, you keep, obviously I got to watch the games and um, yeah, we just got to keep getting better and better. It's a tough situation, but we, we just got to keep uh, 
keep locked in and, and obviously keep trying to play the way we want to play. And Joe, how concerning was it when you found out that your whole family had tested positive? Yeah, that was probably the hardest part. Obviously, I wasn't too concerned about myself. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd felt fine as well the whole time. Um, Renee was was obviously – Renee probably had the most symptoms out of anyone um, or, or did within our family. Um, but, yeah, it was just, just the kids really. Um, making sure Jacob with, with what he's – what he deals with was going to be all right. And I guess kind of keeping a close eye on them for a few days just to make sure they're all right. And, and obviously Jack, um, 14, 15 months, 14 months now. And, um, he had a fever for a few days, which is a little concerning just to, as a parent, not (laughs) kids have fevers all the time, obviously, but just, just as a dad and, and obviously Renee as a mom, you just, you you never want your children to be sick regardless of, of what, if you never want your kids to struggle or, or whatever. So that was the, the plan. Obviously once they got positive was to try and get home as, as quick as I could to, to, to help Renee with the kids, but just, just to be there for them, whether, whether it did turn worse or or not, I, I obviously wanted to be there and, um, given we'd all tested positive within a couple of days of each other, it was obviously no harm in me going home and, and them and trying to space, like space the, the days or time or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I could have like green mile stood there and like took in the virus out of them, I would have taken all four of them and taken it on myself, but, um, I'm glad they're okay. They're, they've all cleared. We've all cleared now, um, as of a couple of days ago and, um, we're lucky that they were, kind of reasonably healthy throughout the whole thing. So appreciate it. There's a little shoot around sound from Joe Ingles today as uh, I think he's still not officially available for the jazz. Listen, is questionable. Getting tonight. back into shape. Return to conditioning. So we'll see if he plays tonight. I mean, jazz could certainly use him. The, the jazz were not moving the ball against the, uh, against the Detroit Pistons. And one thing Joe does is he overpasses, you know, he needs to shoot the ball a little bit more, but at least he moves the ball in that second unit. And the jazz could certainly use that. And you know what, as opposed to playing with Denzel Valentine and no offense to these new guys that are signing the teams, Island, Cheatham, uh, Denzel Valentine, who they just never played with these guys. It's just, it's hard to know the tendencies. And I actually think, Daniel House can really play. I think he's a pretty good player. But one of the things that the Jazz are having to do with him, because they really haven't gone through a practice, in fact, I think it's why they started shoot-around maybe a little earlier today, was just to give themselves an extra 15 or 20 minutes to, to actually learn some plays with these guys. Yeah. Like, Daniel House is sitting in the corner shooting threes, and he really doesn't even move off the ball at all. And that's just really hard, because he can do more than that. You saw it with Houston. But how would he know how to do any of those things? He doesn't know how to get better at that stuff. He doesn't know how to play better than that because he doesn't know what the offense is that the Jazz are running. Because he's in the deep end. He's in the deep end, and that's fine. Play defense, and they're playing a zone a lot of the times when they're out there because your zone is literally guard this quadrant of the floor. It's It's not funnel things to Rudy Gobert, and this is when you're supposed to switch, and this is the handoff point. Like This is our pickup points. There's a lot that you just can't teach a guy when you're you're, uh, drowning out there. You know, it it's always been my defensive philosophy philosophy when it comes to basketball, Ben. Me personally. Yeah. If you're not going to defend anyway, might as well play a zone because you run less. Yes, for sure. And the zone can be really effective. The zone, you know, it, it was outlawed in the NBA, which was why would you ever outlaw it? That was such what weird rules the NBA had. You can't double team a guy off the ball. Why not? 
Let me do it then if I want to do that. Just give it to the open guy then. NBA had some goofy rules. But, yes, you can't play a zone. Then they allowed the zone. Then the zone was frowned upon. And they're like, no, the zone really works if you can run it well. It's hard, but it can really work well as a, as a nice scheme if you can do it. And uh, Jazz haven't been great at it. But you run less, which is nice. You run less. You run less. It's great for a guy like Joe Hinkles. Yeah. He's not running much in his career anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're returning to conditioning, if you're out of condition, play a zone. I agree. Yeah. Fat guys at the church, they always want to play a zone. <laughs> you better believe it. What kind of what kind of defense are we playing tonight, fellas? We're zoning zone. it. Zone. We're zoning Shirts it. Shirts and skins in a zone. <laughs> because honestly, they're the old school philosophy that Jerry Sloan had. The further away from the rim you get, the less likely it is to go in. Yeah. That actually matters. Yep. And be like, okay, we're going to pack it in. Right. It's going to be a 2-3, and it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be well below the three-point line because we want Chuck heaving it up from out there. Correct. Put him out there. Put him out there. Let him go. Shoot it, please. All right. We'll have more next. Jeremiah at 11. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, Jeremiah Jensen will be on the show coming up top the 11 o'clock hour. But right now it is a Wednesday. That means it's a win ticket Wednesday. Let's give away some jazz tickets, shall we? Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. You're going to come here to Vivid Arena tonight to see the jazz take on the Cavs. Am I crazy, Jake, that the jazz win on the road at Cleveland several Sundays ago might still be the best win of the season? It was a good win. They played well that day. Trying too. to think. I mean, the Jazz played well. The Cavs it was kind of the well. height of that, you know, ten game road win streak that the Jazz had. Everything was clicking. You had to get a big stop late, and you did. You were going up against Darius Garland, who you've talked about how much you've liked his game, uh, and they just played well against him. They withstood a bunch of his big blows and shots, and Donovan hit some big shots late. That was that was a tough game to win, and the Jazz found a way to gut it out. And you thought, okay, this is this is growth from this roster. I want to say Rudy Gay ended up having a pretty good game. You kind of saw all the pieces working together, and. Uh, it just has not carried over that well. Then again, the Jazz have been extremely shorthanded and will be once again tonight. Yeah, but they've had their issues since then. I yep. wouldn't disagree with that. Yep. I mean, losing at home has been a bizarre phenomenon, yeah. certainly this year, and they haven't played uh, the perfect game or far from it. And then, of course, the current situation hits and uh, kind of makes it uh, makes it even worse. But, yeah, I, I, I think it was kind of probably the best. I mean, I don't think there's been a better win since. I think you're probably there. I I really like Cleveland because they're zigging when the rest of the league is zagging. Me too. And we'll see if it works. But they're going big. Really big. And, you know, usually the NBA, of course, is a copycat league until somebody uh, innovative comes along and figures out something else. And so I kind of am curious to see what happens with this Cleveland team. By name value alone, wins at Milwaukee and Philadelphia are probably, you know, big picture better. But I think the actual toughest team that they played when they beat them was that Cavaliers Okay. Team. I can come so, on by that. that. 109-108 was close. You had to play well to, to beat them. That was a fun game. And, and maybe the most enjoyable game of the season so far that we've watched. And you feel bad that uh, Ricard Rubio 
is uh, out for the year. You know, funny they that's replaced the him with another guy with initials of RR and Rajon Rondo. I just that's, realized that. That's but. the game where I figured out that Ricky Rubio's real name is Ricard. I can't believe I'd never looked that yeah, up before. While he was here. Uh, Ricky's great. Ricky's a... Uh, He's perfect for a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, they they need guys like that. And unfortunately, he's going to be a free agent in the offseason coming off an ACL tear. It's just such a major injury. It's going to hinder the type of money he can get. But he can help other teams, uh, kind, of, kind of some other smaller teams with young guards that are just trying to figure out a way to get into the playoffs. And, he, you know, he's done that with the Cavs. And, and he'll continue to push them in that direction, even though he's not playing. You know, why I think a lot of people like Ricky Rubio is he kind of, uh, it, it's, he's the team guy. Who does the hard stuff? He's the the type of player that we want to like, but we really don't. Because we want to like him because we feel like he personifies like what makes society great. You know, yeah. the, the the reason we're called the Beehive State. You know, we work together sure. and to you know. But we really like the Tracy McGrady's of the world. That's who we really like Correct. to watch. Correct. But we like to pretend like we like the Ricky Rubios of the world. Just funny. Again, it's, it, it probably shows an advancement in how much better scouting has gotten in the NBA. But And he still does it clearly somewhat. But do you remember the reputation Ricky Rubio had coming out of Spain as this kind of wonderkind 14-year-old? Yep. Like, I mean, people were saying he's going to be Pistol Pete Maravich. That's kind of how people thought he was going to play. He was going to be the showman. And he's made some highlight reel passes. But like... I was watching the Denver Nuggets game last night. Like, Faku Campazzo is a much like more exciting passer than Ricky Rubio ever became. Ricky Rubio's best trade is he's a really good defensive player. Like, he's a big guard who will body you up and then can run an offense, certainly, and make some good passes. But he's not must-see TV <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. He's just, like, a very good veteran to have on the roster. But, yeah, we kind of thought—I remember hearing Phil Johnson talk about it. Phil Johnson one time— because I started my uh, my first job in this industry was as an intern for Locke. And Booner, I think, had to go down and do TV because Harpering wasn't there. And Phil Johnson, Jerry Sloan's assistant, came up and was talking to Locke. And I kind of just heard him. I'll just give you my eavesdropping info I got off the air, which is that they didn't draft Ricky Rubio when there was kind of conversation about would you be interested in him because they just thought he was all show and not enough real basketball. And it's, he's kind of the opposite. He's a ton of real basketball. He does a lot of great basketball yeah. things, but isn't much of a showman. Hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to Jeremiah Jensen coming up in the next segment. So please stay tuned for that. But first, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Premier Wave Medical is our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson. And Dr. Johnson, uh, you uh, told us in the last spot you're spending a lot of extra time at home. I think a lot of people are probably in that similar boat and uh, maybe uh, discovering the things could be better. That's right. There's a lot of uh, people who are suffering from stuff that we help with. Uh, in fact, more than 50% of men over 50 have erectile dysfunction, but I'm here to say that you don't have to suffer with it. There's so many good treatments out there. So come in and see us. We have a lot of, you know, we try to tailor our treatments to our patients. Some people need more than just one type of treatment, more than just the low intensive shockwave therapy. So we do injections, we do medicine. We have some urologists uh, that we partner with in case they need surgery. And we also have uh, sex therapists because, interestingly enough, more than 50% of erectile dysfunction is actually psychological, not physiologic. So it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of treatment. We're here to make sure that you get the best results. So come on in because we have a very well-trained staff, the, the best-trained staff in the, in the state, I would say. All of us have advanced degrees. We have the best equipment. We have the only machine that was specifically designed for and approved by the FDA for erectile dysfunction. 
and we just have a comfortable environment. And another thing we have that others don't have is we have 0% financing. So if money's an issue after Christmas, you don't need to worry about that because we're going to pay the interest for you. So zero interest on your you're borrowing for the treatment. That means we pay the interest for you. And to top it off, we're doing a Valentine special because we do more than just men's sexual wellness. We do also a women's sexual wellness. So we have treatments for women. So if you ha- come in as a couple, we will give you $1,000 off the treatment packages. And then we're going to throw in a free night stay at the anniversary end. So you can try out the treatment once we're done with it to show that it works. So come on in and see us at Premier Wave Medical. We're at 385-360-9283, or you can go to premierwave.com. That's premierwave.com, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Thanks, doctor. Yeah, thanks. Take care. That's premierwave.com or 385-360-WAVE. Jeremiah Jensen joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.